0: Elizabeth May, I'm speaking to you from my riding of Saanich Gulf Islands in British Columbia, and I'm really excited about Diane Sachs joining Mike Schreiner at Queen's Park. Of course, I've known Diane... for. That's the voice of Elizabeth May, a former leader of Canada's Green Party. She's endorsing Toronto environmental lawyer Diane Sachs, who's running to win a seat in the next Ontario provincial election for the Green Party there. They have just one seat right now at Queen's Park, but they're hoping Sachs becomes the second. She's a pretty high-profile star candidate. She used to be Ontario's crusading environment commissioner until Conservative Premier Doug Ford got elected and promptly got rid of her and the position in 2019. Sachs decided she wouldn't let that stop her from going around the country speaking for free about saving the environment, And she launched a podcast about green energy heroes. And she became the deputy leader of Ontario's Green Party. Now she's running in University Rosedale. It's a downtown riding near the University of Toronto where the city's rich and the socially conscious live.
1: Politics is a very tough place for anybody. It's particularly tough for women. It's particularly tough for Jews. It's particularly, particularly tough for Jewish women who are speaking up for climate action and who are methodically all around the world subjected to vitriolic attacks and denigration. And I mean, it just isn't something I wanted to do. But the climate crisis is worse. I can't just sit back and do nothing when I know that we are in serious trouble.
0: I'm Ellen Besner. And this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, April the 20th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Diane Sachs could have retired as a lawyer and stepped out of the public eye to enjoy her senior years with her children and grandchildren. But instead, she's channeling her famous father, the late Dr. Morton Shulman, because in the 1960s, he was a crusading coroner until the Ontario Conservatives canned him for embarrassing them on public safety issues. And then he ran for the NDP and won a seat in the legislature. There was even a TV show about him called Wojek. Coming up, Diane Sachs will be here to explain why her Jewish values of tikkun olam also propel her to run, and why she feels she has a duty to fix what her generation broke. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Jonah Freed in Montreal, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. I've got an update for you on the growing movement against Israel on many Canadian university campuses. Tomorrow at Queen's University in Kingston, the Faculty Association is set to vote on a motion to reject the IRA definition of anti-Semitism. The association's president, Jordan Morelli, tells the CJN Daily the motion is actually not something his executive came up with, but rather it's being brought forward by a group of five professors, and most of them are Jewish. The motion says they oppose anti-Semitism and all forms of racism and discrimination, but they reject the IRA definition of anti-Semitism because it, quote, poses a serious threat to academic freedom and to intersectional anti-racist and decolonial initiatives at Canadian schools, unquote. And says the IRA definition outlaws criticism of Israel as anti-Semitism, so that would hurt, quote, racialized faculty and students at Queens, unquote, because it'll stifle what professors teach in their classrooms and what they can do research about. Just to fact-check things, the IRA definition does not say criticizing the state of Israel is anti-Semitism. Organizers in Kingston's Jewish community, including Queen's Hillel and several local rabbis, have launched a petition against the motion ahead of Thursday's meeting. The petition has over 800 students and alumni and professors so far and community members signing it. Mm Diane Sachs joins me now from Toronto. I should tell you that we recorded this interview just after the Ontario Greens announced their reaction to Premier Doug Ford's plan to give $1 billion in rebates back to Ontarians for their car license stickers, money the Greens think should go to help pay for quicker and better access to mental health services. Diane, the mental health platform was released uh, in Ontario. How has the reception been so far since it was released?
1: We've had really great reception. The climate crisis is already taking an enormous toll on mental health of young people all around the world and much worse is ahead. Pe- young people have depression and despair and rage and fear, all of them totally justified because people in the planet are getting clobbered. Our house is on fire. Uh, as the Secretary General said, delay is death and that—and the, the leadership we're getting from most of the political class, certainly including our Ontario Premier, um, is criminal because we are pushing past our opportunity for a livable planet. We're throwing it away. We're stealing it from the young people. So uh, we know that the pandemic and climate change have already added an enormous additional burden on mental health, and that so many people are desperate for help and can't get it.
0: I liked uh, one of the things that was was mentioned is if you had a broken leg and you went to emergency and they said come back in 93 days that would be all over the front pages, but that's how it's done for mental health, which I thought was a really good way of putting it.
1: Yeah, well, if you look at all the children who are on a waiting list on average for two and a half years trying to get mental health that you can't wait that
0: long. The government of Ontario, to be fair, did uh, release within the last couple of weeks uh, money and programming promises for summer help, for students who are behind because of anxiety and all kinds of things in the pandemic. So to help them catch up, to help them cope.
1: Well, it's, it's uh, what we've pledged is that it needs to be 10% of the total health budget. Um, the, it is true that now that the provincial election is less than three months away, the Ford government is sprinkling public money around after methodically withholding federal government money Billions of federal government money that's been provided specifically to help people through the pandemic. Uh, Ford's just been sitting on that so that he can now use it, I guess, to sprinkle promises out as part of his election campaign. It's been leaving people to suffer all this time. And on top of that, they just announced a couple of weeks ago that they're going to strip another $1.1 billion out of the provincial treasury so that people don't have to pay for license plates. That is giving $1.1 billion to drivers to, again, encourage driving, to make driving cheaper. At the same time, he is taking tolls off toll highways, again, encouraging people to drive more. At the very time when we're in an urgent climate crisis and people driving their vehicles around is Ontario's largest a source of, of climate pollution.
0: We need to talk about the driving in terms of the oil and gas because of the current uh, fight, uh, war between uh, the fighting between Russia and Ukraine. So I read someone tweeted, a wartime shift to electrification and renewable energy grids, and I think it was on your Twitter feed as well, can save democracy and the planet. So let's, can we talk a little bit about the current situation and, and how that plays out for Canada. Jason Kenney said the other day, hey, we're open for business, give us money. We need to be number three on the planet. Let's start th- you know, sh- shipping oil again.
1: This is not the first war that's been fought over oil and gas. The Russian in, uh, invasion is being funded by the billions of dollars that they're receiving from selling oil and gas into Europe and around the world. And they're using that money to crush democracy and to subvert democracy around the world. And we know the Russian government was also very involved in the Trump election. Oil and gas are really deeply entangled in this entire problem from every angle. We know that the best thing we can do to reduce the power of of petrocrats like Putin is to reduce our use of oil and gas, which we also have to do for our own survival. So that was the key thing that came out after the work of thousands of scientists for many years, which is fossil fuels are choking our planet. And so Kenny's response, oh yeah, let's have more oil and gas, is an incredibly short-sighted, utterly destructive response, where the response should be and can be We've got to get off fossil fuels.
0: So, uh, how big of a a halt do you see the current war on all the progress and pledges that were made? Because nobody cares if it's $1.99 to fill up your gas. Like people are freaking out about that, right? I
1: think we could see the reverse. I mean, we're certainly seeing Germany wake up. And one of the first things they did was stop plans to build a major new pipeline from Russia. We could see this moment as the pivot point to rapidly accelerate our conversion to renewable energy. Solar and wind are now cheaper than oil and gas and coal um, for many purposes in much of the world and getting cheaper faster. Uh, Electricity storage is also getting cheaper faster. We already have the technology. Um, and in a lot of ways, it makes our lives better. I mean, yes, of course, the health benefits are primary. The World Health Organization has been telling us for years that if we value our health, the health benefits of getting off fossil fuels have been estimated roughly twice as large as the total cost of getting off fossil fuels. So we can have healthier communities, healthier lives. I mean, just having a gas-fired stove in your house increases the risk of asthma for your kids. Why is that a risk worth having? When we have induction stoves that, are better for cooking. So we could use this moment to say, you know what, all that stuff we've been talking about all this time, we're gonna do it now. It'll make our lives better. Um, an electric car is more fun to drive and it's cheaper over time because it costs almost nothing to fill it up and there's very little maintenance. Um, and it's got more pep and it's quieter. It's just more fun to drive. So we which can- Which one re- do you
0: have? Which one do you, do you Well, have? I've
1: got a six year old Volt, um, which is a plug-in electric. I mean, I know I bought gas at least once last year, but I don't remember when. Um, And I also have an electric bicycle, which is a fabulous invention. Uh, Lots and lots of fun allows me to just zip around the city. I've got old joints at this point, but when a really steep hill to go up with an electric bike, it's no sweat.
0: Being a woman, being a Jewish woman in the Green Party in politics, of course, you know where this is going. Um, It didn't work well. It didn't end well for Annamie Paul and The whole Jewish community of Canada watched this meltdown and this uh, attack on her, this unfair racist attack. Uh, When you watched that, did that make you think twice?
1: I don't know any of the inside story of exactly what happened uh, at the federal party, but I know three important things. The first thing is that the federal party isn't the provincial party and none of the problems that occurred at the federal party exist in the provincial party. I have not experienced the slightest trace of anti-Semitism. I have not seen any trace of racism. What I've seen is people bending over backwards, twisting themselves into knots to be respectful and inclusive and to understand the different kinds of pain that different communities have and to, to search and work for a better future as we move forward. The second thing I know is that politics is about passion. And it's not surprising to see that there are passionate differences both between and within parties. Um, The Conservatives are, you know, a really obvious example. Look what they did to Aaron O'Toole. The third big thing I know is that physics doesn't care. Climate change doesn't care. The issues we're here to fight about are accelerating, not slowing down. And the Green Party is the only party serious about a livable future. The Green Party... Is so consistent with Jewish values. The work that I'm doing is based on Jewish values. This is a good place for Jews. It is allowing me to live out my values in practice, which is what Judaism tells us we have to do. It also helps. We don't have any international responsibilities. So I don't have to, I don't get asked to have a position on Israel. But my position on Israel is clear. They took me in,
0: which is very
1: pro Israel. I've been a supporter of Israel my whole life. Uh, I hold Israel bonds. I, I uh, donate to Israel every year. I donate to Israel charities. I was chair of the Social Action Committee at the First Arriver Synagogue for many, many years and developed our program of sending money to Israel every year for a variety of causes.
0: Jewish Foundation of Toronto, you have a fund with your mom and Book of Life, right?
1: Yes, I do, and I continue to donate to that fund. I donate to Jewish charities. Um, I just donated yesterday to the Ukraine Emergency Fund. I mean, the jewish I've been a, a staunch member of the First River congregation for 40 years. Um, the Jewish community is absolutely central to me, to my family, to my identity, to where I belong, and to why I do what I do.
0: and that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout out goes to longtime listener Gail Quinter of Toronto. She wrote in with her own Passover experience for this year and it involves her prized dining room table. It's about 100 years old. It originally belonged to her grandmother in Regina. Gail recalls having satyrs at her grandparents' house on that same table. Eventually, the table went to Gail's mother and then satyrs continued there until 1980 when her dad shipped the table to her house in Toronto and she's used it even this year when she made second satyr for her children and grandchildren. That table speaks to her about continuity and generations. By the way, she also uses her grandmother's matzah cover, which was embroidered in 1913. When she became engaged to Gail's grandfather. Thanks for sharing these incredible memories with us here at the C.J. and Daily. Keep them coming, folks.